You have just downloaded the Barbecue Central show, which airs live every Tuesday from 9 to 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. The Barbecue Central show is brought to you by Suckle Busters. You can find them at sucklebusters.com. Also by the Barbecue Guru, creators of automatic pit temperature control technology. They can be found at thebbqguru.com or call them 800-288-GURU. And by the Chops Power Injector System. The 2015 Barbecue Tool of the Year at the NBBQA. Find them at barbecuekansascity.com. And by Butcher Barbecue. From injections to rubs to sauces, always trust your butcher at butcherbbq.com. And by Big Papa Smokers, your one-stop online shop for everything and anything that has to do with barbecue. Their website is bigpapasmokers.com. And by Cook Shack Pellet and Electric Grills, visit them at pelletcooker.com or cookshack.com, or call them 800-423-0698. And by Mangrate. Use code BBQCEN for 25% off your purchase at mangrate.com. And by the Sam's Club National Barbecue Tour. 31 cities, 500000 in cash to be won. Find out more at kcbs.us slash samstour. And by Cookin' Pellets, you can buy Cookin' Pellets at cookinpellets.com. You can also visit amazon.com to purchase as well. And by Green Mountain Grills, some of the best pellet grills on the market today. You can visit them at greenmountaingrills.com. And by iGrill, the Bluetooth grilling thermometer that allows you to monitor temperatures from 150 feet away. Use promo code CENTRAL for 15% off your purchase at iDevicesInc.com. Hi, this is Bobby Rempe from Cleveland, Ohio, and you're listening to Barbecue Central. So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure it's safe? Whatever. We put the lighter fluid on, strike the match, and... Should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea. All right, good evening, and welcome to the Really Big Barbecue Central Show. This is the show that talks about all things important to the world of barbecue and grilling. We broadcast live and direct from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland, Ohio. It is the barbecue capital of the North Coast. I am your program host, Greg Rempe. Happy to have you aboard here on your Tuesday. Want to jump in on the show tonight? More than happy to have you. It's a phone number, 216-220-0966. You can also email the show, greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. Anything else you want to find out about the show can be found at the main website, thebbqcentralshow.com, and here's what's happening. Coming up in about 13 minutes from now, the third Tuesday guest of each and every show each and every month prolific barbecue author, TV host, cooking class instructor, 
and contributor to this show, Stephen Reichlin, joins us at 914. At 35 past the hour, in the continuous quest of talking with pit builders and pit builders and pit builders, we hold true and we'll talk to first-time guest and manufacturer of a company called One Man Pits in Shiner, Texas, I believe. Danny Patton joins the show to talk about his pits. Then we'll move to the second hour where we will find usual first Tuesday of the month's guest, the good doctor, Ray Lampy, will be joining us. Missed him uh, two weeks ago, but we've got him lined back up. He was out of the country, I believe, maybe twice out of the last four first Mondays he's been in England, which precludes him because he's flying over the water. And that precludes him from, for some reason, showing up on this show that Tuesday, the first of every month, to actually do our 914 segment. So Ray Lampy will load in for the 1014 this evening, and then we will probably reload him again in two weeks to do the, or to kind of recatch up with the first Tuesday of every month, get the good old repertoire back down. And then closing out the show, it is technically an open segment. However, we're going to be giving a go at the first video replay. If you follow me on YouTube or you uh, subscribe to my YouTube channel, you've perhaps already seen the first review. So if you've seen it, we're going to lead off the 1035 segment with the Chargon Grill Cleaning Tool review video we will also as time allows talk a bit about what is raging across the internet right now many 25 to 30 people maybe 50 people emailed me over the course of the last 24 hours hey Remy, did you see this link hey did you see this on the facebook page link to mike owings being arrested and I believe in Danville, Kentucky, for tossing a brisket at somebody. We'll discuss that in somewhat detail because I, of course, reached out to many of my sources in that neck of the woods. And I can talk in generalities on it. I did reach out to Mike. And to this point, in the show, four minutes in, four and a half minutes in. I cannot confirm that he will be coming on at some point in the 1035 segment. However, uh, we will talk about it as, again, time permits, given the Chargon review video in its entirety. Your calls and emails, too, if you see fit to join in. 216-220-0966. Email greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. All right, uh, as I ask you each and every week, oh, please, oh, please, do me a favor. If you're watching or listening to the show right now and you want to help me grow the audience base, and it might take your temperature about growing the audience base as well, completely unrelated here in a second, get on the email, get on the blower, get on the tweeter, get on the Facebooks, whatever you use social media-wise and or other electronically, and send your friends, neighbors, and otherwise enemies the links 
for the show. Audible only. Go to the main website, thebbqcentralshow.com. Video, longtime video syndication partner of this show, outdoorcookingchannel.com slash watch dash now. That'll get you right there to me. If you have internet protocol television, such as the Roku or something similar, typically there is an applications store in the user interface. Go there. Search Outdoor Cooking Channel if they have it. You can download it, and then you are able to watch the show live direct from the Roku or on your Roku app on your phone or on your computer through the Roku if you don't want to go out to a cooking channel. So, you know, a number of different ways here to watch the show live as it happens, which is the best way to consume this show. But the majority of you do it uh, on replay or podcast. Let me silence my phone because I believe I might have come right over the air. How crazy. You subscribe to iTunes, most of you do, for replays of this show, which is only audio. So you can do that as well. Go to iTunes, subscribe to the show. Again, my YouTube page, you can go to Outdoor Cooking Channel for all replays as well. Of course, uh, the main Barbecue Central website has both audible and video replays of this show. So as I say each and every week, there is really never any reason that you should ever miss anything on the show. If you're talking to somebody, maybe you and a buddy, Consume the show differently, but he takes it in live. You take it in podcast. A lot of people are telling me that they listen to the show on the way in and out of work because they have a long commute, whatever the case is. I certainly appreciate you taking in the show however you do it. But if somebody says, hey, you missed, did you hear this, such and such, don't sweat it. You can always go back and listen to the show after the fact. All right, so here's the question. Uh, To everybody in the instant chat room, we have a nice little audience. We have a huge audience on the Audible-only side, which you can't see figure-wise, but I can. Double, uh, triple the size of what we have on the video side tonight for whatever reason. I was approached, I was emailed, I don't want to say approached. I was emailed by a program director for Salem Media Group out of Atlanta, Georgia asking me if I had ever thought about doing terrestrial radio and that he thinks the show would transfer well into a weekend lifestyle program, especially in the heart of barbecue country. I didn't know Atlanta was the heart of barbecue country. No offense, Bubba. Bubba Latimer, no offense. A lot of great barbecue out there in the Atlanta area, of course. Williamson Brothers. Shout out to the Williamson. Here's the question. You know, inevitably, and I've made a few different uh, hardcore presses. I've made media kits and, you know, used my salesman tactics and my wares that I have created using the computer to hype up myself and show stats and, you know, build that value that people want to see. And it really didn't turn out too well for a lot of no answers, a lot of we're not interested, a lot of if. If nobody's cleared you yet, we're not going to be the first ones to do a lot of BS. Because this show is tried and true, I meet somewhat of a clock to kind of be attractive to the terrestrial radio market, as it were. But inevitably, if people are reaching out to me, that probably means they have some open spots in their programming and when. Radio stations have open spots in programming. That means that they are lacking a certain revenue stream and they want people to pay. You ever wonder why, like on a Saturday or a Sunday morning, you hear some of the worst talk shows ever? It's because people buy that time. Get that big stuff out of here. 
That doesn't mean you have talent. That means you have money. So the question is, is anybody ready to take the gamble once we figure out how much it, you know, it's going to cost money? And I am a big believer in me not paying for anything when it comes to this show. You want this show? It's going to cost me. It's going to be a break even at best. I mean, I'm in it to make money. I want to make money. I believe there's value to the show. That's why people pay me for advertising on the show. They see value in it, and it's worth something to them. I mean, I'm not living the lap of luxury by any stretch of the imagination. It's better than a sharp kick in the balls. So, maybe we'll uh, have this continually unfolding conversation over the next few weeks to see if getting on in Atlanta on the weekend. Do I have to record a new show? like a pre-recorded stuff like this. But your initial thoughts, folks, I want your initial thoughts. Should we look at getting on the radio in Atlanta, terrestrial radio? And we continue. Stephen Reichland coming up out of the break. If you didn't know right now, folks, Big Papa's is the one-stop online shop for anyone interested in barbecue. Number one dealer of Mac Pella Grills in the world. They have the Old Hickory Ace BP Gateway Drum Smokers. Even a kit that gives you everything you need to make a world-class smoker out of a 55-gallon drum. Big Papa's has also made a name for itself in recent years by crafting an award-winning line of championship rubs. From flavors like Sweet Money to Happy Ending, their rubs have had a hand in winning almost every major barbecue competition, including the 12 and 13 American Royal, the 12 and 14 Jack Daniels, the 13 Kings for Channels, the 14 Houston Livestock and Rodeo, the 14 King of Smoker. The list goes on here in 2015 as well. Don't think they can just be pigeonholed into competitive barbecue either. BPS rubs have become so well-known, they've been picked up by a nationwide restaurant chain, BJ's Restaurant, and brew house with four of the nine rubs on the permanent menu and amid glowing reviews bps rubs have proven to be a great addition to anyone's pantry including mine big pop is also banded together with fellow california-based rub company simply marvelous barbecue to form what has now become known as the west coast offense defying conventional wisdom these two california-based rub makers have cornered the market on competitive barbecue and begun to redefine the flavor profile that competitive cooks from across the country have begun to aim for Big Papa's website also features an online meat locker with top-quality meats from Snake River Farm shipped right to your door. From the American Kobe beef, the caribou to pork, the double R ranch meats, Big Papa's meat locker has something for every type of barbecue aficionado. Committed to bringing you the best flavors on the market, they are now stocking and selling Swamp Sauce Barbecue Sauce, a fine swine sauce, Granny's Barbecue Sauce. These are the new kids on the block this season. Big Papa's also created the unique brand ambassador program called the BPS Elite Team, featuring 15 of the best competition cooks in the country, banding together to promote camaraderie, competition barbecue, and benefit children's charities across the U.S. Keep in mind that Big Papa Smokers has been able to do all this with only five years of being in the biz, turning competition barbecue on its head, providing customers with the very best barbecue products out there, becoming a staple of a nationwide restaurant chain of benefit charities across the U.S. Just the beginning for Big Papa Smokers. BigPapaSmokers.com. That's BigPapaSmokers.com. All right. Stephen Reichlin coming up out of the break. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central show right here on the Barbecue Central Radio Network. Broadcasting live from the Barbecue Central Radio Network Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. 
Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. All right, welcome back. This portion of the Barbecue Central show is being brought to you by Sam's Club National Barbecue Tour. 31 cities, 500000 in cash to be won. Only a few stops left, really, before we get to the national final. Next stop on the tour this Saturday, the 19th of September, in South Haven, Mississippi. It's a regional final event that will send the top 10 teams to Bentonville, Arkansas, for that final on October 10th. To find out more about the Sam's Club Barbecue Series or to check results, you can visit kcbs.us slash samstour. That's kcbs.us slash samstour. Another great season getting ready to come up to an end there. All right, folks, uh, let's go ahead and race over to the hotline and welcome our normal third Tuesday of the month guest, Prolific. Barbecue book writer, TV host, class teacher, instructor, contributor to this show, Stephen Reichland, joining me here on the show. Stephen, how are you, buddy? Doing great. How about you? Doing absolutely fabulous, Stephen. Uh, Stephen, appreciate you asking and always appreciate the time here that you give to the show every third Tuesday. Uh, so let's get after it. A number of different things to kind of cover here as we move along. Uh, not the least of which, from uh, what I saw on Facebook, was uh, the TV show Project Smoke is now uh, having a, a book counterpart, if I'm understanding it correctly. Well, that's right. Yeah, I did things a little backwards. Usually you write the book first and then do the TV show, but TV show uh, actually came <coughs> came first. Uh, Project Smoke, the book, uh, will be out in May 2016. What was exciting for me this week uh, is that we finally have uh, an official cover, and it's up on Amazon.com. So it sort of makes the process very real and uh, also puts, uh, puts the gun to, gun to me to get the, the, uh, the galleys read and uh, final proofing done so the book can go into production. What's the percentage of completion right now with that book? Well, uh, you know, the book is done. It's written. Uh, the manuscript is into the publisher. All the photography is done. Uh, the process we are in now is uh, what's called the copy edit stage. The manuscript is reviewed by uh, several copy editors at my publisher, Workman Publishing. comes back to me with the inevitable uh, questions, you know, on page 16, you said heat the smoker to... 225 on page 37 you say 225 to 240 which one is it uh and that's a you know that's a process that just takes takes a manuscript and really gives it the polish that you need for a finished book Stephen reichland joining me here on the show uh Stephen, if so how long does this book take you i know when we were talking about uh, your your last effort it seemed to be you know, it's such a, a time vampire for you. Was this uh, much more of a, an expedient process, or did you find it to be uh, as time-consuming as the last one? Uh, Greg, if there's an expedient way to write a book, <laughs> I wish you would share it with me, because uh, I, I, they all take a lot of time. Uh, you know, I always have a half a dozen projects going on at once, uh, so it's sort of hard to measure exactly how long, but I would say Project Smoke was you know, probably two-and-a-half to three-year process wow. between... The research, uh, as always with all my books, did a lot of travel both across North America, also overseas. Uh, then there's putting the manuscript together. There's an extensive testing period. I actually wound up building a smokehouse to, uh, you know, to, to, to kind of explore that piece of, uh, of smoking. Um, so it, it's, uh, you know, it's, 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 been a, it's been a long process. 
Stephen, are you the most prolific barbecue and grilling cookbook author out there? Uh, well, um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if I were. I, uh, this is book number 30 for me. Wow. And in terms of barbecuing and grilling, it's, uh, you know, easily number 10 or 12. So, yeah. Are you surprised at all that you're able to squeeze, you know, almost half of your complete book efforts out of the world of barbecue and grilling? Or did you realize you know, all the way back in the barbecue Bible days that you had a number of these in various fashions that you were going to be able to squeeze out? Well, you know, uh, with barbecue Bible, uh, I, uh, I realized that this was such an enormous field, so broad, so deep, so many subjects to, co- to cover, that I knew there were going to be at least eight or nine books to do it justice. Uh, what's different about Project Smoke, I mean, obviously I touch on smoking and barbecuing in my other books, uh, but this is the first book I've ever written devoted solely to smoking. I do need to make the point that while all barbecue is smoked, not all smoked food is barbecued. And you have but to think of smoked salmon that you might eat on a bagel or smoked mozzarella that you might grill uh, between lemon leaves like they do in Positano, Italy. Uh, these are foods that are smoked, but they're not barbecued. So, I mean, what's the delineator for you? Is it is there a magic temperature or, you know, what? Well, that's one of the other thing to, things that is really exciting about the book. And, you know, I mean, if you know my work, you know that I'm, uh, I, I'm not a guy to be uh, hidebound by tradition. Uh, there's plenty of low and slow smoking in the book, but uh, there are also techniques like... Um, uh, what I call smoke roasting, which is done at a much higher temperature. Uh, there's hay smoking, which is done in a matter of minutes rather than a matter of hours. Uh, what I call smoke tisserie uh, uh, grilling, where you're actually spit roasting and smoking at the same time. So for me, smoking is a real continuum. Um, and what's been exciting to me, and maybe because I don't come from the world of competition barbecue, unlike so many people who write about this, uh, uh, you know, for me, there's uh, there's so much, so many ways to smoke that aren't traditional barbecue. Stephen Reichlin joining us here on the show. Some websites to check out here while we're talking. BarbecueBible.com, obviously the main website. Also, ProjectSmoke.org, ProjectSmoke.org, if you're interested, uh, again, while we're talking here. Stephen, have you ever thought about, I mean, I know you've done some of the Iron Chef stuff, but, you know, when you talk about barbecue competitions you have a number of sanctioning bodies out there now you have stuff in texas there's three or four different sanctioning bodies there you have kcbs obviously the most well-known you have florida barbecue association you ever thought about throwing down and and getting into one of those uh you know uh, i thought about it and uh when i was uh, earlier in my career like when i wrote uh bbq usa i spent more time on the circuit um, but my, uh, my thing is I'm a writer and a TV host. I'm not a competition barbecuer. Uh, and it's, um, you know, I'm on the road so darn much between various research trips and tapings and such that I really don't think I have the time that it would, it would, it would take to enter the competition circuit. However, I have enormous respect for the guys who do. I love the guys who do. I'm going to be in uh, the Kansas City Royal uh, next month. Uh, so I think that that's, that's something I'm going to, that's a world I'm going to admire from afar. 
Do you think if you got into it and you were successful that it would lend any more credibility to your career at this point? And I'm not asking as a, in a leading question because if you go back and listen to the history of this show, I make no bones about it. I would never compete. Uh, I have a strong feelings on why I wouldn't. A, because I don't like to lose and spending, I guess, from all accounts, 700 to uh, 1000 or $1,100 on a weekend all in. Uh, to get my balls kicked in by a bunch of guys who are much better than me seems like an incredible waste of money. Uh, I don't need some judges behind a tent to tell me if my stuff is good or not. And quite honestly, the guys that are cooking barbecue will tell you to a man that what they're cooking for the judges is not what they're cooking in the backyard. So to me, it just seems preposterous in a number of different ways. However, uh, kind of going back to the original question. Do you think that if you were out there and you were able to to tag on a couple grand championships that that would add you know any more validity to your career at this point? Well, l- listen, I mean grand championships, you know, of I mean of course that would uh, uh that would be a great honor. But, you know, um I mean I think each of us in our field tries to bring a contribution to the field. And um I think to be a competition barbecuer, you have to do the same thing over and over and over and over again to get really to, to, to perfect it. And that's not in sync with my personality, and not, it's not what I do. I, I like to be on the move. I like to experience, you know, I mean, I might be in Bali, Indonesia, experiencing how they do a pig there one week. I might be in in Germany watching, uh, you know, learning how to, to spit roast a, 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 a pig in the German style. Um, I, I might be, you know, watching a piece of equipment being built uh, or studying the history of the pig. So, I mean, for me, it's a much more kaleidoscopic appro- uh, approach. Um, I, I think I... I I think that degree of specialization would not suit my personality. Stephen Reichlin joining me here on the show, barbecuebible.com, projectsmoke.org. Stephen, let's talk a little bit about grilling outside of the box. And what I mean by that is I want, I've lost, as I get older, I'm losing all kinds of track of time because I, I, I want to say two or three years ago, there were some guys out in Kansas City that devised the bacon explosion, but I really think it's more like, you know, five or six years ago. And it was... I think it's more, yeah, I think it's a little, little, yeah, <laughs> a little I mean, longer. It's crazy how, uh, how quick time passes as you get older. But um, one of the things that I saw recently, a handful of months ago, uh, from the Barbecue Pit Boys was this whole thing on beer can burgers and i think you guys have been kind of toying around with that as well so i guess for the people that haven't seen the the latest phenomenon which is uh, the beer can burgers a little background on that and you know kind of your take on what you think about it. well um i think it uh, belongs to the same family of dishes as uh, a caveman t-bone uh or lamb on a shovel uh, or beer can chicken going back way far, uh, or the onion bomb or the bacon explosion or, uh, beer can, uh, burgers. And that is just pushing the envelope, you know, finding ingenious new, uh, eye pop, uh, jaw drop ways to, uh, harness, uh, live fire and smoke. Uh, so actually we did a blog, uh, last week, uh, on beer can burgers. And I don't know who originated it, but, uh, 
please identify yourself if you're listening to the show or go up on barbecuebible.com if you uh, claim to be the inventor. The idea is you take a hunk of ground beef, you uh, mold it around the bottom of a beer can to make a depression, uh, you smoke the burger in that shape, and then you can fill it with all sorts of cool stuff. My favorite variation on that is actually uh, something that, uh, that we did on the blog and I'm running uh, on Facebook tomorrow, but you do it with pork sausage instead of a burger. You fill the cavity with an egg uh, and, then you, uh, and cheese, and you sandwich it uh, between two slices of grilled English muffin. It sort of becomes a, uh, a Paul Bunyan-esque uh, egg McMuffin. Uh, you know, it's fun, and this is a reminder that sometimes we get so deadly serious about, you know, uh, d- debating the right way to do it or the science of doing it. But one main purpose of uh, barbecue, it's to be fun. It's to, to, it's to entertain. It's to, to, uh, to make, you know, make, people, make people's eyes pop. And uh, that's why I love all these uh, what I call extreme grilling techniques. For the beer can burger specifically, is there, is it the standard 80-20 mix? Uh, do you want it to be, you know, ice cold? Like any special trip, uh, tricks or tips that you need to make sure that that first attempt is a successful attempt? Well, a few things. I mean, first of all, definitely oil the bottom of the beer can. Uh, yeah, 80-20 mix is good. You can actually go a little leaner because one thing you're going to do is reinforce the structure by surrounding it with bacon. Uh, funny how bacon sort of works its way into so many of these, uh, these preparations. Um, uh, you know, well, I think what's the most interesting thing about it is that you're smoking it or indirect grilling it, and you're not direct grilling it. And normally for me, a burger is a direct grilled experience. Uh, I do have a smoke burger uh, in the new book, but it took a lot of calisthenics to kind of get it to where I liked it. What I wound up doing is smoking the raw burger meat, the raw patty with hay. Hay is great for pumping a lot of smoke into a food you want to stay cold, uh, perishable food, and then direct grilling it over a hot fire. So uh, the beer can burger, nice departure from that. You know, it's just fun. Stephen Reichlin joining me here on the show. Stephen, you would mentioned that the walls of the burger are reinforced by bacon. And I'm yeah. kind of leading to a question here. Are we almost over this whole bacon craze that has seemed to really take over the whole grilling and barbecue scene over the last good handful of years? It's in bacon, it's on sausage, it's wrapping burgers and everything in between. It's lipstick flavored. It seemed like bacon has really taken off into its own niche over the last five, seven, eight years. Do you think we're almost over that at this point? Well, uh, I mean, yeah, I, I think the whole bacon mania uh, and the, let's say the extreme quality of bacon <laughs> is almost over, but I think bacon will continue to loom large in the American consciousness and the American barbecue consciousness. Uh, one thing I'm seeing is that uh, maybe a little bit less of the crazy bacon brownies and bacon ice cream kind of stuff. Although I have to say that I've been making a, uh, a bacon bourbon apple crisp this, uh, this fall. Uh, that recipe's in the book, and it's absolutely fantastic. But I think you're going to see more people curing and smoking their own bacon, uh, you know, really getting kind of at the source of the notion of bacon. Stephen, you'd mentioned that you're going to be heading over to Kansas City next month, and uh, your appearance... 
on that show. We'll, we'll probably be more of a recap uh, when we meet next month. However, maybe a little precursor for the folks that don't know you're going in to be inducted to the 2015 class of the Barbecue Hall of Fame. And, you know, I, I guess let's pull out uh, is more of a high-level question. And, you know, your thoughts on, on being picked to go in. Uh, I made a grassroots movement to get myself into the Hall of Fame this year. However, if I'm going to lose to somebody, I have no problem taking a backseat to one Stephen Reichland. But, uh, you know, your thoughts on uh, this uh, particular distinguishment and, you know, what it means to you? Well, it's a great honor, uh, obviously. It's always an honor to be uh, recognized by one's peers. Um, And I guess it's a particular uh, honor and kick for me because I'm really not from that world. You know, I mean, I think many of your listeners know I have a degree in French literature. I do TV shows in French. Uh, when I'm not grilling or writing about barbecue, I'm as likely to be reading a 19th century French novel by Balzac or Victor Hugo. Um, the other piece of it is that um, I- I've, worked, I've worked very hard uh, to kind of bring barbecuing and grilling to make it accessible to people not of that world. And comes sort of back to your question. I'm sure there are guys on the competition circuit that make ribs are much better than any ribs I could do or brisket. Uh, but I, I think maybe what I've tried to do is sort of make, to organize this chaotic body of superstitious practice into an, a system that everybody can understand and to bring everybody to the grill. And to the extent that I've done that in the U.S., I've done that in, I think my books are in 17 languages around the world now. Um, That feels, you know, it feels pretty darn amazing. I have to pinch myself sometimes. And and I'm, I'm really looking forward to the induction ceremony. Well, I'll be excited to uh, kind of get the recap as we rejoin next month. We're talking with Stephen Reichlin. You can find him at barbecuebible.com. You can also find him at the TV show website, projectsmote.org. Uh, Stephen, last question here before I let you go. In regards to the TV show, I mean, we did talk about the book. Uh, any updates on the show as far as where it's available and you know how it's going? Well, yes, Greg, I'm really glad you asked because yesterday I got some fantastic news. And uh, we just surpassed 93% carriage on the public television network. Wow. That means it's carried by 93, actually close to 94% of all PBS stations, uh, including the top 29 stations around the U.S. Uh, and the show has been aired over 9,000 times since it launched uh, July 4th weekend. So we're super thrilled about that. If you want to know where it is in your area, uh, visit uh, projectsmoke.org. If it's not on your local PBS station, uh, please write the uh, programming manager and tell them you'd like to see it. And we're actually getting ready to uh, to tape Project Smoke 2016. So uh, I am super excited about that. All right, uh, Stephen Reichland. I got to be- tell you, by the way, yep. Greg, you ask such amazing, thoughtful, intelligent questions. And I really love the show, and I think what you have done for barbecue is just enormous. Well, Stephen, uh, that really means a lot coming from you. So uh, I appreciate the time and the fact that you show up here each and every month. It builds a lot of value and I think lends a lot of legitimacy to the show, even though I'm you know, down here in my basement doing it on the Internet. And you know, who knows what happens in the future, but for now uh, I'm just tickled pink that you show up here each and every month, and I certainly appreciate that. 
Thanks, man. You got it. Talk to you soon. There he is, Stephen okay. Reichel. Wow. <laughs> what a compliment. I don't even know what to say. I'm blushing. That was great. I'm going to have a moment. All right. Time to talk about the CHOPS Power Injector System. National Barbecue Association 2015 Barbecue Tool of the Year. They come in three awesome sizes to fit your injecting needs. From backyard cooks to caterers to restaurant chefs, there is a power injector right for you. Each of their patent-pending CHOPS Power Injector Systems feature not one, not two, but four needles evenly spaced at a perfect distance for even injecting. Also comes with three plug screws so you can use fewer needles or change your spacing to get around the bones. It's versatility. Let's break it down. The number one seller, the one that I have, the one that I use almost every weekend now, the CHOPS Power Injector System Half Gallon. That's right, easy to use. Clean it, fill it, pump it, and you go. Maybe you have one brisket. One pork shoulder. You don't need to fill it all the way up. Just put in what you need. It will use it all. Comes with 14-gauge needles, two replacement plastic needle adapters, three plug screws, and a needle protector. 100 bucks plus shipping anywhere. The one-gallon CHOPS power injector system is designed for the catering and bigger jobs. Holds double the amount of the half-gallon system, obviously. You can use it in competitions like when you cook for the MBN. Or 10 shoulders to get that perfect one. Comes with 14-gauge needles, two replacement plastic needles, three plug screws and a needle protect 120 bucks plus shipping anywhere then you got the big ass chops full power injector system it's electric the competition big daddy it's not a holding tank no but a three and a half foot pickup tube that you can put in any size container that's right from a few ounces to a 55 gallon drum it was designed for chef rob at one of the best barbecue restaurants in kansas city he said time and time again that with the chops full power injector system his briskets are better than ever it comes with metal needle adapters 14 gauge needles three inch 12 gauge needles two inch 11 and a half gauge needles three plug screws and a needle protector 325 bucks plus shipping anywhere a number of the top pit masters in the world use CHOPS Power Injector Systems every day to make their barbecue better than the rest. Because this is what it is. We live in a foodie world that now requires flavor in every bite. This is how you do it. This is how you do it fast. It's not just for meat. How about for an alcohol-infused watermelon? That's right. I said alcohol. Every injector is hand-assembled in Kansas City, Missouri, USA. They got extra accessories if you need them, if you want them. You want to shoot those medium ground spices that have you covered. How about two, three, four-inch, 12-gauge needles? They got you covered there, too. They have a great upgrade that you can buy to make your CHOPS injector bulletproof with metal needle adapters. CHOPS Power Injector System gives your barbecue some power. The website, Barbecue Kansas City, B-A-R-B-E-Q-U-E, B-A-R-B-E-Q-U-E, KansasCity.com. Or go to the homepage and click on the logo, CHOPS Power Injector System. Thanks to Dan Uledal. And we'll be back with Danny Patton, One Man's Pits. Stick around. Get in the smoke. Call 877-448-0433 to get on the air. Now, here's your host, Greg Rampey. All right, welcome back. This portion of the Barbecue Central show is being brought to you by Green Mountain Grills, manufacturers of some of the best pellet cookers out there on the market today. If you're looking for a big cooker to house a lot of food, 
They got one for you. How about the medium-sized cooker for you uh, in-betweeners? They got you covered there. Did I mention tailgates? It's tailgating season, folks. Football's in full swing. The Browns are well on their way to another winless season of terribleness at the factory of sadness on Lake Erie. Well, they got a tailgate-sized grill for you as well. They can also supply you with pellets. Fire those cookers. Check them out online, GreenMountainGrills.com. That's GreenMountainGrills.com. I love my Green Mountain Grill. You can love yours as well if you visit the website and check it out. All right, joining me now in my quest to track down and talk to each and every pit manufacturer on the face of the earth, we head down to the great state of Texas and welcome one-man pits owner Danny Patton to the show. Danny, how are you, buddy? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm absolutely fabulous, Danny. Are you, are you in Shiner, Texas? Yes, sir. Is the only beer you drank Shiner? No. No? <laughs> I drink any other kind. You're an equal opportunity beer drinker. Correct. There's two kinds of beer, the, the kind that I buy and the kind that's free. That's right. Rule, did, I don't know if you know or not, Danny, but rule number three of the show is if it's free, it's me. That's fine. Yeah. So uh, there you go. All right, Danny. So let's go ahead. Uh, I guess before we get into one man's pits specifically features and benefits and how you build them and all that stuff, maybe a little background about you and kind of how you got into this whole pit making business. Well, I've always, you know, done welding most of my life. And so I've always messed with metal in some way, shape or form. And I guess about here, about five, five, six years ago, I went to barbecue competition and just started cooking just for a hobby. And, uh, you know, I guess I did probably a year's worth of those, you know, probably 10 or 15, maybe the first year. And then after that, I kind of got the idea to, you know, if I'm going to cook and I really enjoy cooking, maybe I can build pits and sell them at these cook-offs. So that's kind of where it all got started back then. Are you still a competitor or are you just uh, just a pit builder at this point? Yes, I'm still a competitor. I average probably 30 to 35 pickles a year. Wow. So you are, you're, you're heavy into the competing. Yes. Wow. Mm-hmm. So does that, does that leave any time to actually build the pits that you're looking to sell? <laughs> yes. It, it leaves, it leaves, you know, four and a half, five days. There. Right. So, but you know, I come home on, on Saturday night or Sunday morning, and uh, I work on pits all day Sundays, you know, and, and all the way through Thursday night or Friday mornings, you know, before I go to the cook-offs. But, and so it all works. You know, you just have to schedule it accordingly. Talking with Danny Patton from One Man Pits. You can check out the website while we're talking onemanpits.com, just like it sounds. Uh, all right, Danny, so, you know, there's a number, I guess, especially down in Texas where – you know, the offsets are known. You have the biggest players in the offset market business. You got close down there. You got Gator, uh, uh, just to name, you know, two off the top of my head. What, mm-hmm. Tell me about your pits. You know, how do you, how are you making them? What are you using? Uh, you know, how are you able to kind of differentiate yourself in the offset market in in what is kind of a, a hotly contested market in the offset down there in Texas? Uh, you know, they're an offset pit. They all have insulated fireboxes on them. I don't build one without an insulated firebox. I think an insulated firebox is the only way to go. Uh, mine smoke chambers, you know, or, you know, kind of the length of the rest. There's four foot, six foot, five foot, you know, and, and so on. Uh, I tended to make mine a different shape. Mine are an octagon shape. 
a lot of people call them stop sign. Look like a stop sign, but they're not the gun shape. I told myself that if I was going to get into this pit building market, I wanted to be different than the rest. You know, I didn't want to just you know get a piece of pipe and and make them. You know, everyone it seemed like every pit out there is pretty much around. Are, are so? Are so, you are you uh, bending pipe to to get that particular shape then? Yes, I I start with a flat piece of, of iron, quarter inch plate. All my pits are made out of quarter inch in the firebox, inside and outside, a quarter inch with insulation. And the smoke chamber is also a quarter inch. And uh, I start with a full sheet of plate, and uh, I bend them here at my shop. I cut them all here at my shop, and they're all welded together by me. So, well, obviously, uh, One Man Pits kind of sums it all up, I guess. So good name for the company, right? Pretty much. I'm I'm, I'm the one-man one man deal. However, you know, I've been one man here for probably the past three years, and uh, recently I did this, you know, hire a, me a helper, an employee here has been about two or three months, and so we're kind of, you know, man and a half for two men now, you know, but, but we're small. We we don't want to uh, uh, mass produce these things. We're more in the uh, 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 quality of the pit, you know, and we also, you know, try to like, you know, make the pit to the customer specifications in some, you know, in any way that we can, you know, such as height. You know, everybody's a different height. There's some tall people, some short people. Well, a lot of pits you see built nowadays, you know, there's there's one standard deal, you know. And uh, I've brought my trailers down two or three inches to to fit a customer's need, and I've also raised them up five or six inches to, to fit a customer's needs, you know. And uh, that's kind of, you know, we kind of take each each customer individually and and uh, and try to build them something that they're comfortable with using and user friendly, and uh, you know, and so it's easy to use, I guess you could say. Danny Patton joining me here on the show from One Man Pits, onemanpits.com, the website. Danny, when you talk about insulated firebox, uh, obviously there's probably a large number of people listening here, either live or that'll catch it uh, tomorrow or the next day on podcast. But for the folks that are on the fringe, uh, understand insulated firebox. Uh, are, are, do you have like double wall and you have some type of like insulation in between or how do you actually put it together in that regard? There, there, there's a quarter inch metal plate on the outside and a quarter inch metal plate on the inside with two inches of insulation all the way around on all sides of the firebox. And the door is even insulated. So, I mean, there's a minimum of two inches of insulation all the way around the firebox. You can actually lean on top of my firebox while it's cooking at 300 degrees and it's fine. So when you put that you. when you put that kind of insulation in there, obviously the first thought is that efficiency and uh, potentially temperature control is going to become super uh, super increased. So how do you see it? I mean, if you are using, let's say, a one man pit that has zero insulation versus one that has the two insulation uh, two inch insulation all the way around it, how big of a fuel efficiency bump up are you getting? Oh, I I don't I don't know a percentage number off the top of my head. I you know, the the insulated firebox that I use right now, I use you know probably seven, twelve inch, three inch logs for you know eight to ten hour cook. Uh, wow. If I was to make an uninsulated firebox, I'm sure that number would at least double. You know, if not triple. You know. And are you using only wood or? Do you, can you use your pits? Because I, you know, I guess where the the question is going is, is you find or I see a lot of guys that will burn straight sticks, uh, whether it be on you know your kind of a pit or you know whoever else is out there, and then some guys kind of run a combo of you know a lot of lump charcoal and maybe they throw in some chunks 
for that uh, wood smoke. Does your pit operate better one way or the other? It operates in, in, uh, either way. I tend to use briquettes, and I use the logs on top of that. Uh, but once the fire is going and, it, and it's up to temperature and, and you're in the cooking process, you can just you know straight, you know know go to straight wood after that if you choose to. I choose to use a little of the briquettes so I can save my wood. You know, so I don't burn up so much of it. Uh, you know, I buy very high dollar logs, and so uh, you know, the longer the longer that box lasts, the more savings I have. Danny, when we talk, is, go ahead. oh no, go ahead, finish your thought because I'm going to ask you something completely different. Well, no, I mean, and that's another thing to the insulated fireboxes. You know, you can you know you can spend a little money on a good quality wood that's going to that's going to give you overall better smoke performance and. And uh, and make the overall food product come out better, and burn less with that insulated firebox. All right, so let's keep with the insulation. So you're insulating the firebox. Have you ever have you ever or have you thought about insulating the whole freaking cooker from you know chimney all the way back down to the firebox, cooking chamber included? I, well, I, there's a lot of ideas that cross my mind. Uh, that that has crossed my mind. The cost of that would be uh, very high. I, I and I don't know. I mean, in, as far as in Texas, I, I don't think it would be beneficial, you know, for, you know, the heat that we had down here. But I'm sure if you were in the northern part of the United States, you know, that might be, a, you know, something to think about. But it would be a high cost, I know that, you know, to do all that. To do it correctly, I guess you would say. So if I call you up tomorrow, because I live in the uh, the armpit of the universe, Cleveland, Ohio, so we have, you know, winter nine, nine and a half months out of the year, and I guess having a fully insulated offset cooker might be, might hold a little bit more value for me. As you said, obviously there's going to be some places in the country where it probably doesn't hold as much value. Is that something that you can kind of sketch up and do, or would you have to build a couple prototypes first to kind of hone everything in before you'd really feel comfortable? Well, I, the only way I, the only way I, I do anything is it has to be a prototype first, and I have to make sure it works correctly before it leaves my shop. And, uh, you know, a lot of those things are, uh, you know, trial and error to get them correct, you know. So you're going to need a lot of interest before you're going to prototype one pretty much. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> right. right. Yes. Uh, basically, I, I don't think that they're – you know, they're all that much needed. I mean, uh, you know, I mean, my, my stick burner that's sitting outside right now, if it's a hundred degrees outside, but I mean, without any fire and it's 125, you know, so, I don't, and, and I've cooked in the rain and I've cooked in the snow and I've cooked in the sleep with it before and it, it just keeps on running. Danny Patton joining me here on the show from one man pits, one man pits.com is the website. Danny, there's a couple manufacturers that we've had on here recently in the show that are working on, you know, fairly extended lead times. So let's go ahead and ask you the same question. If somebody calls or emails you here over the next 24, 36 hours and wants to put in an order with you, when are they actually going to put hands and mitts on it? Well, if it's a full trailer pit, you know, it's, it's generally six months. You know, uh, if it's just a, you know, basic smoke, if they're going to mount on their own type of trailer setup, you know, we can do that, you know, in a probably about half that time. You know, it all depends on the, on the trailer and, and, and what all they want on it. But it's just basically about a six month wait. And uh, do you have, uh, I've seen the trailer models, but do you have something that you could just throw on the, the back deck with like legs or casters or something along those lines? 
Yeah, I do have a chicken cooker that, that is on legs or wheels. It's more of a grill type than a smoker type, uh, you know. And, yes, we do have those available also. Now, you mentioned this chicken cooker. Is that something that you are bringing to market or that is uh, currently available for sale? It is currently available for sale, yes. We sell tons of those. I mean, I, I probably sell, you know, on average probably two or three of those every couple of weeks. Wow. So, like, what's the – how does it look if you can kind of paint that for our mental picture? It's basically a, a, a square shape, but it's also darn shape on the top. And uh, and it has a, a water pan in it that's removable and all the great slide in and out of it. And uh, it's made for – I designed it and made it for competition cooking half chickens. But it, it can be used for many other things. I mean, I cook hamburgers on mine and steaks and everything else all the time. So – it's a very versatile grill. So we're looking at roughly a six-month wait time, give or take. Uh, what kind of price points are we looking at for your cookers? Any smoker that I have, whether it's going to go on on a, anybody's you know trailer or, or or one of my trailers, I mean they're all going to start in the five thousand dollar range and they go up to to twenty thousand. All right, and uh, that can be found at onemanpits.com. Do you have a, a phone number as well, Danny, we can give out? Yes, 361-401-1699. All right, 361-401-1699 if you want to get a hold of Danny Patton at One Man Pits. Again, the website, onemanpits.com. Danny, where are you going to be competing at next? Uh, not this weekend, but the following weekend, I'll be at the San Antonio Rodeo. And I think there'll be like 280-something teams registered over there. That's a big one. You, uh, you plan on winning that one then, I imagine? Uh, I wouldn't go for any other reason. (laughs) That's damn right. Uh, Danny Patton is making one-man pits. Again, the pits.com. Danny, appreciate the time tonight, man. Thanks for coming on. Thank you, man. Thanks for having me on. You got it. There he is. Danny Patton, one-man pits. Chasing down all of the pit manufacturers. So that was good. And uh, credit where credit is due. I wasn't thinking of the fully insulated offset cooker. That was from uh, Dave Bosca, by the way. Always trust your butcher. And always trust your butcher to uh, give you great lead questions. Thank you, Dave. I think that probably would be a good idea. It just sounds like it might take a $5,000 pit to $15,000 pit. Because it would be... You know, quarter inch and then space and another quarter inch. It's like two cookers in one, I guess. Is that right? I think it sounds good to me. Or at least a good idea. Somebody make it on the cheap for me. All right, folks, it's almost time for the American Royal, the World Series of Barbecue. New this year, the American Royal is being held at Arrowhead Stadium in Kansas City, October 1st through the 4th. Whoa. Cook Shack, Fast Eddie. We'll be cooking at the open in spots G as in golf, G253 and G268. The Cook Shack team would love to spend time with you. Cook Shack Fast Eddie will be competing using the FEC 100 pellet smoker and the PG1000 pellet grill. The Fast Eddies by Cook Shack's FEC 100 is the choice of many teams on the competition circuit. So far, over 30 teams are using the Cook Shack equipment that will be competing at the American Royal this year. Feeling lucky? Register for the Fast Eddie's Poker Tournament that will be held on Thursday night at 6 p.m. for a chance to win an FEC 500 on a trailer. Worth over 21 grand, Polly. Friday night, they will be hosting a get-together. Stop by for some food and fun. 
Why do countless pitmasters prefer the FE100? Former American Royal Grand Champ Todd Johns of Plowboys considers his twin FE100s a member of his cooking team. They handle his fire management. He can cook by himself, and he doesn't have to worry about his temperatures not being consistent. He can roll into the contest at 6 p.m., prep his meats, and be ready to cook quickly. The FE100 puts you in control so you can concentrate on your smoke profiles and making those turn-in boxes. The FEC features a digital Cook Shack IQ5 controller that lets you set the smoke, cook, and rest time and temperatures. The heat and flavor source is 100% food-grade wood pellets. This pellet heat is controlled by a fully automated pellet system, which produces very little ash as compared to stick burners. Pellets make it easy to customize the wood flavor you want in a consistent and easy manner. If you want a more deep smoke flavor, Cook Shack offers the optional smoke enhancer that can be added to the FEC 100 as well. Do you need additional information about Cook Shack or fast eddies by Cook Shack products? No problem. Here you go. Call one of the sales professionals at Cook Shack 800 423 That's 800 423 Check their websites at cookshack.com or pelletcooker.com. That's cookshack.com, pelletcooker.com or 800-423-0698 for the phone number. Thanks to Cook Shack for their continued sponsorship of this show. And uh, thanks again to Danny Patton from One Man Pits. We're uh, wrapping up the first hour as we get back. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central show right here on the Barbecue Central Radio Network. Stick around. We'll be right back. Big name interviews, advice on cooking brisket and ribs, and the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue. It's the Barbecue Central Show. All right, welcome back. John Dawson weighing in. You actually mentioned those barbecue pit boy rednecks on your show. They should be called the Salmonilla Boys. What? Not a fan, Joe? I don't know if they should be called Salmonilla Boys or Bare-Handed Meat Toucher Boys or what. I can tell you that I would lovingly take their following on the YouTubes 100%. By the way, somebody jacked my Google account, my Google AdWords or however you're supposed to make money on YouTube by people watching your stuff. They place those ads on your videos and if they click through, you know, you you accumulate so many cents per click or whatever and then they're supposed to pay you. Yeah, well, somebody jammed up my account and somehow I got suspended. So I'm making no YouTube money. How the hell do I get over that? This is Google. It's not like I can just call them up and be like somebody screwing around. I've tried to have them review case. They told me, go pound salt. But I can't not put my videos on YouTube, right? Just can't get any money. Damn it. What's the next YouTube thing going on that I can jump on board with so I can get some of my YouTube money from them? Rat bastards. It's not fair. It's not fair. You can follow me on the Twitter at BBQ Central Show. You can friend me on the Facebooks slash Greg, G-R-E-G dot Rempe, R-E-M-P-E. That's right. I know, Matt Boer. There goes my weekly cup of coffee, no doubt. 
I need that 15 cents topics that we're talking about tonight. I was contacted by a program director in the Atlanta area to potentially go on during the weekend. I don't want to pay money to broker time. I could do that here in Cleveland. So let's try and think of a way to get the show on. It'll probably be pre-recorded. Maybe I can just kind of cut and paste this show and make it a weekend show and just kick it over to them. I'll do it for straight barter for free. I'm not going to pay to do it. I don't pay to do this show, folks. No, it's not how it works. I'm game. Profit is not a dirty word to me. I'm building value here, not giving it away. I'm no whore. Just in the bed. Well, yes. Periscoping my show. Who's got Periscope right now in the chat room? If you got Periscope, let me know. I'll follow you. You should follow me too. At BBQ Central Show is my uh, Periscope because it is owned by Twitter or Twitter Bottom or something like that. I think it's pretty cool. We talked about it with Andy Allen from Green Mountain Grills a couple weeks ago. Rooftop barbecue. Could be the wave of the future giving you a window into some of your favorite people. I like it. Pretty cool. All right, uh, we're going to load up for the second hour. Get a drink, get all this good stuff going. I suggest you do the same. You are listening and watching the Barbecue Central show right here on the Barbecue Central Radio Networks. Stick around for the second hour. We'll be right back. Hang on. board here for the really big barbecue show we cook because we have to and we grill because we want to fine how's it going <laughs> you have a great show of a big fan so what 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 seems to be the problem here this man looks like he's dead and he's in the in the crackle charbono it's all about the charbono dude Succulent fish, what? We ate 54 wieners. Oh, listen, Laverne, it's a feast. I'm shaking like a dog shit peach seeds. <laughs> we have top men working right now. All right, just like that, we are into the second hour. Hoo-ya! Hey, you found the Barbecue Central show. It's the show that talks about all things important in the world of barbecue and grilling. We broadcast live and direct from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland, Ohio. The barbecue capital of the North Coast. I am your program host, Greg Rampey. Hey, you want to jump in tonight? More than happy to have you. 216-220-0966. You can email the show, greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. Show.com. 
Patrick Paquette weighing in. I'm about to take a class on Periscope. Political advocates are finding it great to broadcast regulatory agencies during controversial meetings. Yeah, that's right. Like, that's society. Hi, this is Scott Greenia from Fairfax, Vermont, also known as Scotty DeQ. Sorry, Heidi. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Thank you, Scotty. That's the thing these days. You know, 10 and 15 years ago, you were pretty good. 20 years ago, 20 years ago, I was 21 years old. Oh, how the time has passed. Damn you, Father Time. 20 years ago. Think about it. How old were you 20 years ago? You could get away with everything. Got a girlfriend, you got a husband, you got a wife, teachers at school, bosses at work. Hey, uh, I'm going to go X place. See you when I get there. Can't call somebody. You forget something, you're screwed. Get bored in the car, can't pick up a phone. Call somebody, didn't have it. But the leash was gone, man. There was no leash. Pagers started popping up. But you could still get away from it. Don't have a phone. Not near a payphone. Payphone? What the hell is that? I don't even think my kids have ever seen a payphone. Think about it. Technology now is great, right? Absolutely. It's awesome. Angela Iverson, I had a car phone in 1997. So did my dad. The beginning of the end. It was mounted on the hump for the drive that uh, where the drive shaft went right through the middle of the car there in the front, the hump. Thought that thing was badass. You were paying like seven hundred and eighty-five dollars per thirty seconds of airtime. <laughs> Luckily, the thing was getting expensed. Technology is going crazy right now. 20 years ago, I mean, you could just say, I'm going to do this or I'm going to do that. And people people had to trust you. Nobody has to trust shit anymore. You don't trust somebody now? Call them. Text them. Track them. Tweet them. Facebook them. Reddit them. Instagram them. Snapchat them. All of that. Nobody, you can't, you cannot lie one fuck anymore. You can't. It's all over. No matter how much you try to be off the grid, you are on the grid because people that are on the grid are watching people off the grid, telling people about the people off the grid when they're on the grid. That's what happens. Still to come on the show tonight, Ray Lampy, Dr. Barbecue, and a video review at 1035 of the Chargon, the Chargon tool. Also... We will talk about the brisket assault incident in the Commonwealth of Kentucky. But first, let me talk to you about the 2015 Sam's Club Barbecue Series, which rolled into Kansas City, Missouri this past weekend. Uh, This was a local event that will feed the top six teams into the Midwest City, Oklahoma regional final. The six teams moving on are winning it grand champ. With a 694-8 Smokeaholics. 
Reserve Grand Champ with a 692.4 Truckee's True Blue Barbecue. Good job. Third place, one of the hottest teams on the barbecue scene right now. Second overall KCBS Team of the Year, the American Dream Barbecue Team, Dave and Chris Waltz. Sleep, Sleepy Hollow Barbecue, fourth. Tattoo Bob's Barbecue, fifth. And rounding out the top six, Tim Grant and True Bud Barbecue with a 682.8. So you look at a one to six, you had about 12 points almost to the T. That separated one through six. So congratulations to those six. Moving on again to the Midwest City, Oklahoma Regional. The next Sam's Club event will be on September 19th, which is a Saturday coming up in South Haven, Mississippi. Is it South Haven or South South Haven? I don't know. That's a regional final, so good luck to all those competing. Let's get ready. What did I do? Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Hold on a second. Got to set up for the weekly barbecue roundup, but I left my page off. I almost had them all memorized, all of the events. Quickly realized that I forgot some. All right, now we got that. Now we got to bring up a little music. What kind of... I don't want to accept your new terms and conditions... All right, let's see. What music? What music do I want to read to? Do I want rock? Mm, mm, No. No. Do I want rap? Let's see. All right, let's go. Let's go rap. Let's go Jay Z. Let's go encore. Thank you, thank you. Far too kind. Here we go. Here we go. I'm gonna rap. All right, folks, it's the weekly barbecue roundup covering September 11th and 12th, starting with the KCBS Fiddle and Pig Shindig, Fort Mill, South Carolina, winning at Backwoods Barbecue with a 703.3. 11th Annual Recovery Fest, Richmond, Virginia. Checkered Flag 500 Barbecue with a 679.4. Colorado Pork and Hops Challenge, Grand Junction, Colorado. Winning at Lucky's Q, 698.8. Silver Lake Apple Barbecue Festival in Mears, Michigan. Mac Attack Barbecue winning it with a 699.4. Jug Tavern Festival and Barbecue Cookoff canceled. Puckaway Pig Fest. Montello, Wisconsin, or Montello, Wisconsin, depending on how you do your double L's. Big E Barbecue winning it with a 672.1. Decatur JC's 21st Annual Riverfest in Decatur, Alabama, winning it to Specialists with a 704.5. Bands and Barbecue at the Point, Carrollton, Kentucky. Bark Brothers Barbecue winning it with a 694.2. Butler Chamber of Commerce, Barbecue and Huckster's Day, Butler, Missouri. Getting Sauced wins it with a 686.7. Ribs, Rods, and Rock and Roll, Vermilion, South Dakota, winning it Expert Barbecue with a 693.1. Sam's Club National Barbecue Tour, 
in North Kansas City, Missouri, winning it, as we just mentioned. Smokeaholics with a 694.8. Biggest buck and best rack. Alma, Arkansas. Indian Territory Smoke with a 701.1 wins it. Derby Barbecue Festival in Derby, Kansas. Out of Bounds Barbecue with a 677.1. Tony Stone, Cookville Cookoff. Cookville, Tennessee, winning it. Warren County Pork Choppers with a 702.2. Leavenworth Hog Wild Contest, Leavenworth, Kansas. J-Star Barbecue winning with a 714.8. Holy shit. Beak Week Barbecue Challenge, Goldsboro, North Carolina. 691.4 wins it for Sauced Barbecue Team. Windy City Barbecue Classic, Chicago, Illinois. Serious Q Barbecue wins it with a 698.2. International Goat Days Championship Barbecue in Millington, Tennessee. Winning it, Killer Hogs with a 698.8. The Outlets at Lake Elsner Barbecue Championship, Lake Elsner, California. Winning it, Big Papa Smokers with a 709.1. Holy Mike. Independence Fire and Ice Barbecue, Independence, Missouri. Clark Crew Barbecue Team wins again with a 689. Harvard Fall Festival Barbecue Contest, Harvard, Massachusetts. Smoking Hogs Barbecue, Massachusetts wins it with a 694.7. Bohemian Bluegrass and Barbecue. Napolevac Prague winning at buttrub.com. Hold on a second. We have a lot of contests here, and I'm still rolling through. Farm Meat, Dugan, the Netherlands, winning it. IQ Netherlands with a 669.6. Balloon Barbecue, Bloomington, Indiana. Big JT Smoking Barbecue with a 690.1. Barbecue on the Bypass, Langley, British Columbia, Canada, winning it. Hog Shack Barbecue with a 669.7. The Outlets at Lake Elsner Barbecue State Championship the next day, winning it. ZZYZ Barbecue. Or if you say that is a name, I don't know. 712.6, holy moly. All right, let's move to Texas, IBCA. Bubba Ken Cook in Navasta, Texas, 68 teams there. Winning it, Mary Briggs Prater, flirting with fire. Lake Ray Roberts area cook-off in Sanger, Texas. Winning it, J3 Barbecue. PWC, 4th Barbecue, Adkins, Texas. Winning it, Kent Wheelis, Diamond W Cook Team. Good job, Kent. VFW Freedom Fest, Lyle, Little Texas, Lytle, Texas, winning it, Not So Bad Cookers, Texas Barbecue King Tour Championship, San Antonio, Texas, winning Panther Creek Cookers, Bridgeport VFD Barbecue Cookoff, Bridgeport, Texas, winning it, Carnivore Cartel, Texas Gulf Coast, East Montgomery County Fair Association, 30th Annual in Porter, Texas, winning at Craig Sherry of Texas Pepper Jelly. Third year in a row, by the way, that he's won that. Lone Star Barbecue Society, we got your goat off. Johnson City, Texas, winning it. Pie Pole Engineers. Holy moly, that is your weekly barbecue roundup. Ay vayashmir, there must have been 700 contests. All right, now we're caught up. Now we're caught up. Gang, if you're like me, you want to step the barbecue and grilling game up, head right over to ButcherBBQ.com. Do it! Run! Day's running out of products. Hurry! Hurry before you miss it! The injections, the sauces, 
the rubs, the grilling oils, the trade-in program, the trade-in link. Come on. What's not to get at Dave's website anymore? I don't know. If you get out to his neck of the woods, too, they got the barbecue stand that's killing it right now. So here's what you do. You go on over to ButcherBBQ.com. You hook up with each and every single product that he is currently selling because it's all good stuff. You're going to be happy that you did it. You're also going to thank me because if you order over $200 worth of products, you get free shipping anywhere in the United States. Again, that website, ButcherBBQ.com. Now, you might be asking yourself, what's this trade-in link that you just mentioned? Well, perhaps, perhaps you have tried somebody else's commercially made injection, pork, beef, whatever. You don't like it or your score started to tumble or something along those lines. Well, in the past, you've had to throw that out. Chalk it up to a loss. Go back to Dave with hat in hand. Not so much anymore. You go to the butcherbbq.com. You go to the trade-in link. Click it. Print off a label. Send your commercially leftover crap that you thought was going to be better and you've learned your lesson. Enough berating you on that. You send it over to Dave. Dave's going to weigh it. Then he's going to send you back some of his product at your request. The bird booster, the prime injection, the pork injection, the beef injection. You specified Dave sends the amount that you sent into him back to you. It's great. He's making his own customers happy. He's making his competition's customers happy as well. Get the sweet barbecue sauce. Get a box of six. It's going to go fast. Trust me on that one. Don't be late to the party, pal, with that stuff. Also, the rubs, the honey rub, the steak and brisket rub. Everything at Dave's ButcherBBQ.com website is substantial, tremendous, outrageous, superlative, you name it. Add your adjective here. It's great stuff. Longtime sponsor of the show, and I appreciate it. ButcherBBQ.com. That's ButcherBBQ.com. Always trust your butcher. We're back with Ray Lampy, Dr. Barbecue, for the Ask Dr. Barbecue segment right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. Central Radio Network Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempey. All right, welcome back. This portion of the Barbecue Central Show is being brought to you by CookinPellets.com, your number one source for quality wood pellets. For all your pellet-driven cookers, visit uh, CookinPellets.com. You can also purchase at Amazon.com. Also by iGrill, makers of the most advanced Bluetooth grilling thermometers out there on the market. Monitor the temperature of whatever you're grilling from up to 150 feet away using your iOS or Android device. Use promo code CENTRAL for 15% off your purchase at iDevicesInc.com. That's promo code CENTRAL. All right. Got to make sure I got my stuff. Uh, C-E-N-T-R-A-L for 15% off of your purchase at iDevicesInc.com. 
If you got questions about barbecue or grilling, maybe as a hobby or even a business, looking to get an expert's point of view, why not ask Dr. Barbecue? You can submit your questions by clicking on the Ask Dr. Barbecue tab on the website. The doctor is in. Here's Ray Lampy with his nurse, Greg Rempe. Dr. Barbecue. All right, as we know, that music can only mean one thing. The doctor is in. Ray, how are you, buddy? Hey, Greg. Good to see you. Uh, everything? Yeah, everything is uh, great over here in Cleveland. Uh, things with you going well down in Florida? I'm good, yeah. i am actually been home for about a week. It's kind of nice. Yeah, absolutely. So I've mentioned it in the top of the show. It seems, you know, over the, the last handful of visits that we've had, uh, at least two of those times we've had to reschedule because you've been jaunting across the pond over to England for grill stock. And uh, that's exactly what happened uh, for the first Tuesday of this month. So as somebody who has really seen this event, Grill Stock, grow from infancy, you were there at the very first one. You have now seen it grow into you know two or three events over the course of each calendar year, which you get over to. Uh, you know, how are you kind of putting a, a value on it as you know, not an outsider, of course, but an American going over to an, an English put on event? How do you like it? Uh, how has it grown? All that good stuff. Oh, man, it's amazing what has happened. This is the sixth year. Wow. There have been six in Bristol, three in Manchester, and this was the first one in London. Way bigger. They ramped it up for this one. 40,000 people over two days eating barbecue uh, and and hanging out. Good music. It's really amazing what they've done. But regarding the barbecue, this is the first time we had KCBS over there. Carolyn Wells was there along with the international outreach team. And, um, you know, it was a KCBS event. It kind of is not as exciting as grill stock judging, but it was, you know, it's formal. Everybody thinks that's what they want over there. Um, so what's happened with the food, though, in six years, the first year, the food was crazy. We saw all kinds of stuff, a whole chicken on a rig that looked like a motorcycle. Um, they didn't know, really understand what was happening. Six years later, all the food looks exactly like KCBS food. What we saw... I went to the event in Bristol a couple of months ago. What was turned in the other day to KCBS, not at all. It's really funny how it's evolved so fast. But, you know, I told these guys, it's just the same story as me. Fast Eddie was over there with us this year, too. I told, It's the same story Eddie and I have. We learned about barbecue and got hooked on it, just like everybody else. It's just different now because with the Internet, they have access to all this information I can tell you they're all using Blues Hog, or a lot of them are using some version of Blues Hog <laughs> because of the way the food tastes. They all cook thighs. It's amazing how fast they've gotten up to speed. And if you think it's an easy pushover over there, man, you're dreaming. American, go over there. You better have your hands full trying to win. You know, two or three years ago, Ray, we talked about how you had just you had just gotten back and you were kind of you know recounting. A similar anecdote, not nearly as KCBS as it is now uh, over there as far as how they're presenting the foods and the flavor profiles that they're using and all this stuff. And you were super excited. You were almost more passionate kind of recounting what was happening over there than you were with what was happening here locally. So fast forward, you know, two or three years now. Are you disappointed that it's gone more to KCBS to a certain degree as far as what you're seeing and, and how they're judging and stuff, or is this kind of where it needed to go to continue to, to get traction and grow? Oh, I, I think I am at, in my heart a little bit disappointed, but 
you know, because I was talking to somebody, uh, Simon Majendar yesterday, and, and he's pretty involved with barbecue. And the thing he said is uh, creativity is not rewarded. And he's absolutely right. And we've gotten to that quickly over there. But but I'm hopeful that it will evolve past that because the Brits don't necessarily like their food as sweet as we do. When they cook pork chops, they generally leave the fat on there and they, they cook it to crispy and or they leave a little skin on a pork shoulder. They think it's crazy that you'd cook a pork shoulder with no skin on it because they want that crunchy skin. So I really think that, you know, yeah, we've gotten to ground zero now. And I think that's good. They need to learn the genuine art. But I, I got a feeling that in a few years it'll look a lot different. It'll be more British. Right. Back in the beginnings of KCBS, you know, almost 30 years ago, were people cooking barbecue the way they would have in the backyard? I mean, I know nowadays, yes. uh, you know, to a man, people would say, oh, you know, what I'm turning in at a competition no way reflects what I'm actually doing or what I would choose to flavor my own backyard barbecue. Back in the beginning, were people doing what they were doing in the backyard and, and really kind of winning um, like a people's choice kind of a thing? I'm sure you can get different answers, but I, my answer would be yes. I started in 1991, not really the beginning, but not too far, pretty close. Uh, I think yes. What I always say is we would show up with a cooler of meat and a cooler of beer and cook some barbecue and see who whose was the best that day. Uh, we would cook whole chickens. We would cook chicken breast. We weren't that crazy about that one bite mentality we also didn't network like like these guys do now we didn't necessarily share everything we did with each other even if we were friends of course we were all also making our own sauce and rubs at home in the kitchen because there wasn't 50 sauces and rubs created by champions available back then so so yeah i think it was far more like like home cooking i think we probably all you always use a little more sauce than we necessarily would have at home but yeah it was very much cook some barbecue and see who won um, i call it what the guys do now i call them technicians because everything is so crafted and so perfect and i, I like to think i was one of the guys that played a part in evolving to that uh i know there's some guys will tell you i did um a guy named mike scrutchfield was the first guy i think with his boxes really took the attitude of, well, maybe I can put this all in here to convince the judge to give me a nine every time instead of just laying it in there and, and hoping it looked good that day. Uh, and, and a lot of guys were, Ed Royce was, was instrumental in changing the game and, and finding out where to get better meat. Ed was trying to find out, we didn't know why a smoke ring was pink. We didn't care, it wasn't a big deal. Um, guys started to care about it more and, and, you know, just little by little. And then Joe Ames came along, you know, what Joe did. Now everybody injects stuff with brisket and their briskets with stuff and a lot of pork and a lot of chicken. Um, that was brand new. Joe did it with, he got together with some guys on the internet and he was the guy that could do that. So, so much of that has evolved. Yeah. I think, uh, it's a long answer, but in my opinion, yes, we were cooking very much more. I don't know that I'd call it people's choice judging the judging, I said this to Carolyn Wells the other day. It's really amazing. 30, 35 years later, what they dreamt up in a bar, it still works. It works in England. It works at a 20-team contest in Minnesota. And it works for a 600-team contest in Kansas City. So I don't think the judging was that different. Judges weren't professionals either. We had regular old people judging. We didn't, uh, you know, there was none of this declared super judging thing. And 
so, you know, it was a very different bank there. But I think the barbecue was much more like what you would eat at home. When you talk about people having access to all the sauces and the rubs, and you had mentioned back in the day, you guys were crafting all that stuff in your own kitchens and bringing it to the competitions. It was part of it, yeah. Is it is it technology and 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 evolvement to where we're at today, or is it more people not wanting to put forth the originality effort and, and kind of taking the lazy way out? Well, I think that's been the it's the cause and effect, you know the the guy you know phil hopkins perfect example phil wins the jack daniels and starts selling his rub he might have started right before then but it was about the same time well you know that's the american dream that's what we all hope for uh you know we we guys come out with these sauces bill arnold showed up with blues hog i don't know where he came from but it obviously took (laughs) on a whole life of its own head country head country has been around for a long time but but anyway it was these guys like todd from plowboys champion teams that that found it in the, you know, I did it. I sold rub for a long time. So, so, you know, that was just a natural thing to happen from it. Guys are looking to make a few bucks. They've established a reputation. Their rub is good. Their sauce is good. Um, smokers is another thing. You know, we, when I started, Dave Close was making smokers and, yeah. and Oklahoma Joe Davidson was making smokers, but I couldn't afford one. You know, you got found a drug into cutting it for you. Um, you know, it's just the nature of it. Now, now I think that we have teams that come to the table. They go take one of these classes. They buy some of the products that are there. They buy a high dollar smoker. Bam, they're they're competitors right away. Is that right? Well, I don't know. It's unfortunate. You know, I don't like it. I wish it wasn't like that. But it's the nature of it because you can't tell these people they don't want. I'm certainly not against trying to make a living uh, out of your reputation on the barbecue circuit. I just took a little different path. Right. Is in, is injecting the biggest change to competition barbecue over the last, you know, fifteen or, or twenty years as you look back through all the things that have transpired, is that the one biggest game changer? Uh no, I don't think so. Um we we experimented with injecting before Joe came along. I mean, you know, I my f- the first contest I ever won, I or trophy I ever won in nineteen ninety one was a turkey that I injected, and I learned how to inject it from the frugal gourmet. Um, so I, I have the trophy right here. The, the poultry was the category back then. You didn't have to cook chicken. I didn't know any better. I showed up with a turkey, injected it, cooked it on my old Kingsford Oval Grill, and um, and got third place in, in poultry. I mean, so my again, like I said, my story, story starts like everybody else. So I don't think injecting, gosh, you know, I guess, so what, what would be um, – how, you know, Blue's Hog has been a game changer, man. You know, Blue's Hog barbecue sauce just, you know, it's really hard. It became really hard to win anything if you didn't use it in some fashion. And uh, that might be the game changer. But, you know, the other the thing that was always the hardest to do to me was hold your temperature. Get your smoker to go right at 225 or 250. I mean, I know guys cook at different temps now. Um the, the cookers are totally different. I bought a Jedmaster when they first came out, and it was a game changer for everybody. Yeah. You know, nothing else would hold temp like that. Um, now they all do. Nobody has any issues with temp control. It's a non-issue. Ray Lampy joining me here on the show. DRBBQ.com is his main website. Uh, if you have a question that you'd like us to expound upon uh, during our monthly segment, ask a DRBBQ.com is the place to go for that. 
uh, kind of got off track there with the whole KCBS talk uh, when we were uh, recapping the grill stock stuff. Going forward, uh, you know, John has, has been doing a tremendous job growing that, fostering into what has become today. Uh, plans for continued growth? Is he happy with kind of where it is now? I know there's like a, a restaurant involved with uh, grill stock too at this point. So, I mean, he's got to be just tickled at this point. I think there's like six restaurants. Wow. Yeah, they are. Yeah, it's booming. There's six restaurants, festivals in three cities. Um, the London was a big play for them. This was a big move. They had a lot of big bands signed up and stuff. And I was talking to him, had dinner with him like a couple nights before. And, and he was sort of, I mean, imagine, you know, you've got a lot of money invested in, in all this work. And, and, and he was just a little bit worried, I think, like anyone would be, that it wasn't going to really work. And, and he was sort of resigned that he wouldn't do this one again, which I didn't believe for a second. And uh, and sure enough, after it was booming this weekend, I said to him, I just laughed at him. I said, well, what are you going to do now? And he just laughed. So, uh, yeah, those guys are killing it. They've got a bunch of restaurants and I think they're planning on opening more. They've got them in uh, the one that's in London near where we had the festival. There's one, uh, one in Bristol. There's one in Bath. There's one you know, open now in Cardiff, I think. Liverpool, uh, Leicester. They're, they're all over the place and they're not stopping anytime soon. Ray Lampy joining me here on the show. Uh, one of the other things, well, uh, October is you know a mere few weeks away here, and uh, for anybody that follows the competition scene, knows that the biggest events or the most storied events during the course of a calendar year are coming up in October. The American Royal competition, you have Jack Daniels competition, you have Sam's Club coming up in October as well. So you know, just to, to name a few, aside from the other ones that would just transpire uh, on any given weekend in October, regardless. So let's take the American Royal. It's the first year maybe ever that it is not in its normal grounds. It's going to Arrowhead Stadium. Bad move? Good move? What do you think? Oh, gosh, I don't know. I, I, I If I was cooking, I'd probably be very nervous about it. Uh, but, but the American Royal, it started in the Golden Ox parking lot across the street, and I think it was actually over at the Plaza one year, too. So if you go way back, uh, but it's clearly been in the same place for a long time. Um, you know, we all have this affinity for the American Royal building and and and, you know, guys are not as a race. We are change is not something we embrace very easily. So I think everybody's a little bit more worried about it. But but at the end of the day, it's not like it was such a great place there. You know, it was really kind of a shithole. Uh, so I don't I don't think it's that big of a deal. I don't know what the parking lot looks like over at, at Arrowhead. And, and I don't know how they'll set it up. There's bound to be some bumps in the road the first year. But but there's a lot more room there. I know that they already have more teams than they've ever had. And oh, wow. if they do it right, you know, there should be parking where Parking was always a nightmare there. You know, there should be plenty of parking for everybody. So I, I don't know. I'm optimistic about it. But I, but I tend to be a guy who likes to ch- when things change. I sometimes think it's good to shake it up a little. You're a uh, a former, well, you're, you are a Hall of Fame uh, member there. I uh, in a couple years back. Uh, we have, uh, obviously, the new crop going in this year. Uh, you know, what do you think of the, of the Hall of Fame? right now as it sits is it is it good is there still some tweaking that that needs to be done i had had a conversation with rod gray a little bit earlier in the year and you know i think he was he was a little standoffish when he was kind of a part of that and then he kind of got off that board or off that committee or whatever it was and it was maybe a little bit more critical of it uh, as i have been in the past too 
Um, you know, do you think the way it sits right now is good or, or should it be changed a little bit to, to make it a little bit better? Yeah, I mean, it's not perfect. That's for sure. I, 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 I worry about it a lot because I think this is the first time in my life we actually have a Hall of Fame and it's got some legs and there's 15 people. And going in this year is Steve Raikland, who certainly deserves to be in there. And, and Paul Kirk, you know, I, Paul and I have had a lot of a lot of fights over the years, but, you know, he probably belongs to be in the Hall of Fame. And, and Ed Fisher, of course, the uh, president of Big Green Egg. So so we're we're getting a diverse group in there. And that's really important to me. Um, do I wish there was a bunch of money in a physical building? Yes. Do I wish it wasn't involved with with any big event, not personal, the American Royal? Yes, I wish it wasn't. I love the American Royal. There's no question. For me, there's nothing better, no better place to be. But I, I think that, you know, I wonder if the Texans will ever really embrace it. And then Carolina guys and and whatever, you know, so we're not getting all Kansas City guys. So that's a good thing. And little by little, we actually get to vote. The existing members get to vote. Eventually, unless they put a couple hundred people on the board, we will be the guy in the Hall of Famers. So so I think it's good. The, here's what I think is the weak link in the whole process. And it can be fixed really easy if everybody will listen. We need good, strong nominations. You, if you, buddy, you know a guy in North Carolina that we never heard of or, or, or you think Aaron Franklin should be in next year, man, you got to nominate him. We, the, there's no process for a committee to go find who should be in the Hall of Fame. The nominations come in from anybody. Anybody can write them. And you also got to write a good nomination, right? Do your homework. Get, do the research about who the guy is. You got to sell it to whoever's going to be reading it because these people may not know him. That's fine. It doesn't mean they won't be open to it. But if we don't get good nominations, everybody's got to quit bitching because uh, if you don't nominate your guy, that's how's he ever going to get in? Uh, so I guess where the you know the potential – yeah, but you know the 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 open argument for that is going to be it's a popularity contest, and somebody might write a nomination for me, and somebody might write a nomination for some guy they saw on television, and somebody might you know, and so whoever gives the best value proposition to whoever's going to make the the ultimate decision, and I understand certainly that people that get nominated just might be like, oh well, he doesn't qualify, so he gets blown off and. And the Hall of Fame is saved from somebody that may or may not deserve to be in there. But if somebody makes a good enough case, and the majority of people might not think that that person should be in there, but whoever is deciding who gets in there is swayed, and all of a sudden they're on the the ballot for consideration, and now they're in. I, I still think that there is you know some gray area. I, look, I don't have the the ultimate answer. I think what pro sports do is the best way. You're out of it for a certain period of time, and I and I know that competition barbecue and business of barbecue and some of this other stuff doesn't have the same kind of a lifespan. So when you're done with it, you know, Johnny Trigg probably isn't going to retire at some point and then have five years left before you could say, okay, well, he's been out of it for so long and now he's considered for nomination and do it that way. That would be ideal, obviously, but I just don't have a great resolution that uh, I think would, would be okay with the majority of the people. We're not going to satisfy everybody, right? But the majority right. of people, if we, the majority of people could agree with, I think, uh, like you, that there would be a, a much more favorable uh, impression of it and that it could grow into something that's singular uh, by itself, as you were mentioning. 
Yeah, I, don't, I think it. I think it will. I think it will grow, and I think it'll get on track. I, it hasn't gotten off track to me. Uh, no. Could it be better? Yeah, of course. So, but you're right. I mean, that's the thing. And there's also no measure of 500 home runs or <laughs> or 200, 300 wins. You know, we don't have that. I guess in the competition world, you could reward the guys that with the most trophies, but. Oh, you know, is, that would, may not be fair anyway. But what about the restaurant guys? What, are we going to count receipts? Who sold the most briskets? I mean, <laughs> you know, it, it, yeah, it's it's a yeah. tricky thing. It's yeah. it's it's going to be uh, subjective like that because we don't – it is a gray area. There's no question. Um, yeah, I, I agree. And, and, you know, so we could, we could find, in theory, a panel of 10 experts that, that – searched out the perfect candidates and and brought them to the ballot every year and, and sure i'd love to see that but we need to someone to pay 10 salaries then and we need an office to put those people in it you yeah. know what i mean it, oh, yeah. it's not realistic and, and besides how could we ever agree on who those 10 people should be that would be the fight then you know who were the actual 10 people so I, you know, I mean, given what we have in front of us, I, I think we're doing pretty well. I, I, I'm not involved. I do get to vote now, and, and I will, of course, go to the events, and, and I'll help any way I can along the way. Um, but I, I just, like you said, I don't necessarily see a better way. I think, I think you know, are, are there better choices? Well, yeah, of course there are. You can make a case for, God, I could name a 100 guys you could make a case for. If you listen to my speech um, I, I said that, you know, how do you walk by Craig, Craig Kidwell, who's been a champion cook for 30 years around Kansas City? Not real high profile. You may not even know who he is. But Craig is a is a, you know, one of the guys he's been he's been on the board. He's done everything there is to do. He started Cooker's Care, which used to be the the favorite uh, charity of choice for barbecue people. I mean, this guy's done it all. He certainly belongs in the Hall of Fame. But he's a low-profile kind of guy. He hasn't been around much. He doesn't leave Kansas City much. Uh, you know, so, yeah, it, it, there's. I cited Craig when I was up there. So he's just one of dozens. When you walk around at the American Royal, there's there's 100 guys there that probably should have went in the Hall of Fame before me. And, and you know, before you could talk about Guy, we could talk about all kinds of people. But, um, you know, I, 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 unless we, I'm all for a better idea. If somebody's got a better idea, I'll be happy to pitch it. Uh, but I, I think it's going pretty good. I think all things considered, I think it's it's way better than nothing, which is what we had a few years ago. That's right. I, you know, we're further along. I don't see it. I don't see anything bad happening that's not reparable. Um, I don't see anybody else starting one. That that's what I always worried about. Somebody else is going to start another Hall of Fame. And then it becomes which one's the real Hall of Fame. But we're getting legit people in there. Like I said, Steve Reichland's going in this year. Um, you know, Carolyn's in there and, and Mike Mills and and the guy from Weber. And, you know, I mean, there's, you know, we all want to talk about Guy, but there's a whole bunch of people that do belong in there. So I, I think it's okay. Ray Lampy can be found on this show the first Tuesday of every month, even though he's on the third Tuesday here. So, uh, we'll give you like a week off, and then uh, we'll resume in another week. We can pick back up. We can talk about the Jack and, and a few other things, if that's all right with you. Yeah, man, I'm going to judge the Royal Invitational, and I'm going to judge the Jack this year, and I'm going to Eggtoberfest and my class reunion, 40-year class reunion in between wow. there. It'll all right. be a busy October. We're going to hit that. As always, Ray, appreciate the time. Take care, Greg. Good all to right. see you. There he is, Ray Lampy, Dr. Barbecue, for the Ask Dr. Barbecue segment. A little long on that one, though. That's all right. We got a uh, video Coming up, thanks to Ray. 
Longest running sponsor of the show, folks, is the Barbecue Guru. They are the creators of automatic pit temperature control technology. A lot of imitators out there on the market nowadays. But why are you going to buy from any other company? I don't know. Patently ridiculous. Here's how they work. A product that allows you to set a pit temperature in one set keeps it running right at that temperature all the way through the cook. Sound too good to be true? It's not. It's real-life technology. You can take advantage of it today. Maybe you're a busy working pro like me, or perhaps you are constantly on the run with the kids. You're doing errands. Quite frankly, you don't have the time to set around and tend the pit temps. I get it. The guru gets it as well. You can throw on a pork butt, a brisket, a couple slabs of ribs, or all of that. You can do whatever it is you need to get done. The Guru maintains that temperature you set it at. You got the CyberQ Wi-Fi. You got the DigiQ DX. You got the PartyQ. Man, it's wonderful. Lots of stuff to choose from. Lots of different price points. That PartyQ is easy point of entry. 149 bucks. Runs on AA batteries. Moves from cooker to cooker to cooker. It's fabulous. CyberQ Wi-Fi. If you're a little more techy, you want to control multiple pits. Check internal temperatures of multiple meats. That's the one you might want to take a look at. If you're in the market for a cooker, the Onyx Oven, still for sale. It is seamlessly able to work with all of the Barbecue Guru Potemptor Control technology devices. Here's what you do. You do yourself the biggest favor in the world. Head on over to their website, thebbqguru.com. You check out their products. And if you have any questions about what to order. As I talked about with Bob Trudnack last week, call them. Don't guess. Call 800-288-GURU. That's 800-288-GURU. They're going to make sure you're outfitted with exactly what you need to get you up and running right out of the box. 800-288-GURU or the website thebbqguru.com. The Barbecue Guru is a breakthrough in barbecue technology. All right, we're back with a Chargon video test review. Test review? Whatever. Uh, and brisket assault at a barbecue event. Your calls, your emails, 216-220-0966, greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. Stick around. We'll be right back. Big name interviews, advice on cooking brisket and ribs, and the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue. It's Barbecue Central Show. All right, folks, this portion of the Barbecue Central show is being brought to you by Mangrate Cast Iron Grates. Made right here in America. Restaurants and pros use cast iron for a reason. Even heat conduction and retention. No hot spots. Mangrate's patented design traps and evaporates oils and fats, resulting in reduced flare-up. Perfect sear marks each and every time. Use code BBQCEN. That's Bravo Bravo. Quebec. Charlie Echo November BBQ CEN for 25% off your purchase at mangrate.com. Grow like a pro with Mangrate. Thanks to uh, Mangrate for sponsoring the show. Uh, thanks again to Ray Lampy for joining me. DRBBQ.com and. Oh, crap. My transitions aren't working. Oh, all right. I got it. I apologize. I'm going to have to dump the video here. Don't want that. But got to do it. Oh, right. So just bear with me here for one second. The video is going to go away. 
I don't need it. I know what the problem is. The product is uh, got a bug in it. That's the product. Well, that's the problem. Next time Ray is on the show, we will talk about the impending Jack Daniels. We'll be talking about the impending American Aral. As uh, well, some other. I had three questions that were actually submitted by listeners. One having to do with a pellet grill, one having to do with some fire management in the offset grill realm, and something else that I can't think of right off the top of my head. All right, I should be back. Um, am I am I back? Should be back on board now. Am I back? All right. Before I lose my transition ability again, let's go ahead and do the Chargon video. Um, so what we're going to do, if you have a product and you want me to video review it, uh, I believe I have some technology. Now you're going to see when I start, I'm going to say I'm recording video on my iPod. That is wrong. I don't mean video. I meant I'm recording audio as well, not just off the camera. So. Without any further ado, the Chargon review video. Stand by. Hey everybody, welcome to my burn center. We're gonna do our first like video product review with some special equipment. You can see right here I have this weird dangly thing coming out of my shirt. That's because while there is video being captured. On our camera. I mean audio. I'm also capturing video audio. right I mean here audio. on my iPhone, which is going to sound like 700 times better than the regular audio you're going to get out of the camera. Maybe I can do a separate video on that for the guys that like to do the pre-recorded stuff. And you want. By the way, let me interrupt myself. I apologize for the shaky camera stuff. It's the middle daughter helping helping her dad out here, if you will. So. Struggle through it. We'll get through some of the technical difficulties. The first one for crying out. So get off my back. I'm going to have some really good quality audio on your recordings instead of depending on the crappy one on your camera. Maybe we'll do that. So here's the first product review on the show. This thing is from a company called Chargon. It's C-H-A-R-G-O-N. As you can see it, you can go to their website, chargon.com, just the way it is spelled. And according to the back of it, it is patent pending. So we have a stainless steel, as you can see, hopefully there, stainless steel from China. Matt, let me interrupt. I'm not throwing her under the bus. I'm a firm believer in pointing out shortcomings and making sure I'm getting ahead of possible problem issues. We continue. Not American stainless steel, so right off the bat, that's a little troubling. Uh, but this, in essence, is a grill cleaner, and it's supposed to be good on the website up to, it's either 500 or 5,000 cleanings. I have to imagine, I mean, it is pretty uh, stout, uh, stable, heavy, uh, could double as a potential weapon if needed. Uh, so I would say at least 500, probably more towards 5,000, depending on how you care for it. Could go way more than that. 
so we're going to give it a try on a couple different grill grates and uh, see how well it cleans. We're going to step over here to the uh, Green Mountain Grill and as you can see or, or maybe not see, I've already cleaned this side with a traditional uh, wire brush and now we're going to go ahead and give it a try here with the grill gun. So you uh, put the device right here on the bar and then you go forward and then to get the bottom you tilt a quarter and run it across, tilt this way so we'll just go ahead and start to try to, I think I cooked chicken on this uh, yesterday so give it a go here so it seems to be working pretty well um, it's not too complicated obviously to use I can click over the bar I mean this is an issue here but that's not the Chargon's issue with that crossbar uh, that's a manufacturer thing uh, from the grill so it, could, it can get some heavy duty stuff off uh, I would say and it does get the bottom side of the bar as advertised Again, it's $20. I don't know if I mentioned that in the beginning or not, but uh, it's $20 uh, plus shipping. So you can see, you know, right here, now we have a clean grill. i got to change the fly on that one. Now let's come over here to the Weber gas grill real quick. Uh, this has uh, grill grates on it. So these aren't your traditional rod style. Uh, these are uh, obviously rectangular, so we'll see how well it goes here. So once again, you know, it slides real nice. We got some, you know, nice bits there coming right off. And then I can quarter turn here and get the sides. I'm obviously not going to get underneath these grill grates because uh, it, they're they're pretty much impossible to get underneath. So even on grill grates, uh, these are becoming more and more popular as the days pass for people that are looking to either put something on top of their existing grill grates or they just want to go ahead and retrofit as I did because they can more or less cut them to size. So I would say all in all, um, 20 bucks. you want a grill cleaner that's a little bit out of the norm, different than a brush, uh, certainly heavy duty, might be worth something that you'll want to uh, at least check out the website chargon.com that's chargon.com thanks to john edwins and we'll see you on a next review thanks well i look absolutely fantastic on video thank you uh, as i mentioned twenty dollars chargon.com i told them i would do a, a review on it so Look, you know, in the end, can you go get a broiler brush and do the job in a substantially quicker amount of time? Yes. Um, so if you're looking for a, a cleaning alternative, you, it's not outrageously priced. There's some value there. I mean, you definitely have some time you can build on it. So Chargon, thanks to John Edwards. All right, so here's the story everybody's been talking about. I've been getting email links to email links to email links. Did you see about the guy that threw a brisket at a woman? Blah, blah, blah. If you're not familiar, let me grab my link here. What I do with it? 
Uh, oh, cripes. I remember that. Oh, I erased it all together. Let me get to the Google. All right. Google alerts flying brisket. This is the headline. Flying brisket injures woman during fight at Danville Barbecue Festival. Meat started flying at a Danville Barbecue Festival during a fight between grill masters. Brisket was the weapon. Danville police were called to the Kentucky State Barbecue Festival at 1015 a.m. Sunday after a woman was hit with a brisket during a fight, according to the police news release. Mary Berry, not a joke, of Bardstown told police she was hit in the right shoulder, neck, and head by a brisket whose temperature was estimated to be around 200 to 250 degrees. She was working at the festival for Firehouse Barbecue, the news release said. Barry was treated... At the festival by Boyle County County Emergency Crews, the brisket allegedly was thrown by barbecue pitmaster Mike Owings, 42, of Cunningham. After tempers flared between Owings and another barbecue pitmaster over the sharing of a cooker, Owings admitted to the officers that he threw the brisket after losing his temper, but didn't mean for anyone to get hurt, authorities said. He's charged with second-degree wanton endangerment, a misdemeanor, and was being held in the Boyle County Jail. There you go. That is the news story as it reads from Kentucky.com. Flying brisket injures woman during fight at a Danville barbecue festival. So, uh, I did reach out to Mike Owings. Not going to be on the show. It was close. It was touch and go. I did, oh, sh- I almost ruined the whole computer right there. Uh, I did talk to sources extremely close to this whole event, saw the goings-on have credible recountings of what exactly happened from multiple sources, as you'll only find here on the Barbecue Central show. And the bottom line is this. Did Mike throw briskets and did a brisket hit a woman in the head, chest, and neck? And did she get treated for, you know, some kind of a burn? Yes, absolutely. Nobody's disputing that. Authorities were called over because uh, this is quite a substantial festival. I mean, Firehouse Barbecue is coming to Kentucky to vend. So, I mean, obviously, it's a pretty awesome festival especially given all the other things that are going on over the course of a weekend. They come up for this. So, you know, Mo Kason is coming down from Iowa. This is a pretty big deal. So my sources tell me that there was a cooker that was short. It was agreed that said cooker would be shared. And at some point on Sunday, the guy that was using the cooker started kind of uh you know overstepping he was causing other people to be behind so instead of just taking out the briskets and putting them in a tray and sending them over to firehouse barbecue's way and saying look you know i'm getting behind now because you're not doing this you're not doing that you know i'd love to help you more but i just can't i'm sure you understand 
Mike opened up the pit, and the way the doors came open, couldn't really see. Of course, the odd part is he just didn't put them in pans and return them to Firehouse Barbecue. He started launching them out of the pit, which is the thing that is causing the most damage right now. And one of those surfed the air and found Mary Berry and hit her, and now we have internet radio talk shows talking about assault with a brisket. And he was put in jail. I mean, he was held at night over jail. So, And Mike is not discounting. He is not refuting. He is not saying anything other than the fact that he did it and that he was sorry. And he may or may not be talking about it publicly hereafter. And here's the thing. In a week from now, I mean, who's going to give a shit about this in a week? Nobody. It would be great for my show if Mike would have shown up here and we could have talked about it for five minutes. But he's not. And... You know, a lot of people that were working kind of hand-in-hand and stuff, you know, were all commingling again by the end of the evening. And it didn't get more out of hand than what I have just described through the read off of the news. So, while it could potentially be way more dramatic, it's just not. And as I said, in a couple days, everybody will forget about it, but... For 24 hours, and potentially on this show, it was burning hot, no pun intended. Uh, Mike lost his cool, as he would admit, I'm sure. Started launching briskets out of a cooker, which a lot of people saw, and one hit Mary Berry. And uh, nobody is minimizing her, her damage, but everybody was hanging out and commingling, as I had said before, you know, a few hours after the fact, so... Don't buy into too much hype. And again, credible checked out sources from my end telling me exactly what happened there. Boots on the ground, as it were. All right, folks, let me talk to you quickly about Suckle Busters. Award-winning barbecue rubs, sauces, chili kits, Texas gunpowder, preferred by competition barbecue cooks. Texas-based, 100% made in the the USA. Hundreds of industry awards, including places. I got to stop this. Uh, two first places at the American Royal Barbecue Sauce Contest. New from Suckle Busters, the Honey Barbecue Glaze and Finishing Sauce. Barbecue on, uh, based on Barbecue Suckle Busters winning Honey Barbecue Sauce. This is a thin barbecue glaze and finishing sauce made especially for competition ribs and chicken. Super sweet, not spicy, super red. They have a, a special American paprika they use for the bright red color. Brush it on the last five to ten minutes of cooking. It leaves a glossy red sheen on the meat for an extra layer of sweet flavor. Take your competition ribs and chicken to a whole nother level. Available at local barbecue stores or online at sucklebusters.com. You can email sales at sucklebusters.com for more information. If you'd like a free bottle, shoot me an email right now. And in the subject line, put flying brisket. Flying brisket on the subject line. And you can win a bottle of the honey barbecue glaze and finishing sauce. Uh, Patrick, this was vending, not competition. So, no. No call for the brisket. Sales at SuckleBusters.com, the email address. Again, the website, SuckleBusters.com. If you want a free bottle, send me an email. And in the subject line, put Flying Brisket. You can win a bottle of Honey Barbecue Glaze and Finishing Sauce. All right, we're back to wrap up the show right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. This is Jennifer Polymus from Shalote, North Carolina, and this is Barbecue Central. 
Get in the smoke. Call 877-448-0433 to get on the air. Now, here's your host, Greg Rampey. All right, welcome back. Thanks again to uh, Ray Lamp. Uh, winning the barbecue sauce, Wendy P. from the Basic Barbecue Team. Wendy, send me the shipping information. I'll get it down to Dan, and you can try out the honey barbecue sauce. All right, I'm late. Matt Boer, late to the flying brisket. I'm going to dumb it down real quick. Matthew. But uh, a lady did get hit with a flying brisket. A guy did lose his cool tossing briskets out of a cooker that, uh, you know, they said that Firehouse Barbecue could use because they were short a cooker. Firehouse evidently was putting uh, these uh, people behind. And instead of just taking the briskets out of the cooker in a pan and then, you know, shooting them back over to Firehouse, uh, this uh, Mike Owings kind of snapped a little bit, threw cooker doors open and just started rifling briskets out of the cooker, and one of those found its way onto Mary Berry. That's it in a nutshell. You can go back and get the podcast in about 30 to 45 minutes from now and get the full story. Again, credible sources and boots on the ground there from me to you. All right, all the way back in the first hour, we talked with Stephen Reichlin, barbecuebible.com, projectsmoke.org. Then we talked with Danny Patton from One Man Pits in the quest of talking to all of the barbecue pit makers out there. In the second hour, we talked with Ray Lampy, Dr. Barbecue, drbbq.com. And uh, to finish out the show, we talked about the Chargon, showed the video, review. Again, if you have a product that you would like to have video reviewed on the show, send it to me. I'll do it. Free of charge. And then we talked about flying brisket events. All right. We have a show lined up for you already next week that is going to be out of this world. It's going to be great. September 11th, 2001. I will never forget. Until next Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, this is your program host and proud U.S. American, Greg Rempe. Good night now.